the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball. Oh, was the, Euro, different. The, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different in America. <laughs> That's the Especially, first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. Very fortunate to have a um, Brit-born legend, um, Mr. Ryan Richards. Um, how are you doing, sir? Very well, man. Very well. Um, I had a, had a few kind of lingering injuries so far. Um, just trying to go over, you know, get on top of them. Uh, and, and still got half the season left in Japan, so focusing on that. And uh, going from there, really, man. But apart from that, all's good. Family's healthy. Managed to avoid COVID, so I can't complain. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go for a, a, a brief um, background. Um, you are not from the end, you're from Kent. Um, I don't know, you might, some might class Kent as the ends, but you know what I mean? Me, yeah. I'm, I'm from South London, so you know what I mean? Okay, um, Kent's the Garden of England. <laughs> greatest part of England and that's it really you know so oh the greatest part okay um yeah, so you started you started playing for for Medway um you know talk us through take, take us through a little of your history because you know start off in, in 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 Medway playing for the Crusaders and then you kind of you know got discovered and went overseas and played for 25 clubs if I'm counting correct uh, I think it's more because I, I do a lot of um, playoff kind of. Mid, I did a lot of teams in the Middle East for playoffs, for cups, and stuff. Um, so I've been fortunate to play for, I would say, twenty-five minimum. Um, but for me, my story um, from Sittingbourne, Kent, so that's East Kent. Um, huge football fan, you know. That was kind of uh, my my first love and track, um, you know, love the 100 meter sprint, 200 meter sprint, 400 meter sprint. Um, I only played football, went over to Jamaica uh, to see my brother and my family, and he was playing basketball. Um, he was huge into add one street ball, fell in love with it, came back to the UK, there was nothing really mm. around, especially being down in Medway, Fanet area. Um, and then my brother came over a year later, he moved to the UK, my dad brought him over and just, you know, uh, was playing with him every day. Managed to meet uh, a coach, uh, Nick Reed, was with the Fanet Rhinos, practiced with them a little bit, played with them, you know, had a blast. And then uh, a kid that I went to school with, uh, Tom Fryer, was neighbours with another kid called Simon Martin and his dad, Andrew Martin, had a club, the East Kent Crusaders. And we would commute from Sittingbourne to Canterbury, you know, uh, two times a week. And if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't play because I didn't have those rides. You know, we didn't have money for train fare and stuff like that. You know? um, so very fortunate. And then um, Jesse Cezanne was involved with the club. And he really took that club to another level. And now obviously that'd be academy. Mm -hmm. And um, was playing under 14, under 12s, under 14s, under 16s and men's. So Jesse had me training as a pro. You know, even when I didn't want to, um, when I was 12, 13, 14. Um, and then, yeah, started playing for England, went to the European Championships, did my thing, and then got scouted by um, a few teams in Spain. 
and I decided to go with one. And that was really it, really, man. That's how my journey kind of happened from the start. Beautiful. So um, that's where, you know, getting into the to the real crux of things. Um, you know, we, we especially on this platform, as you know, it's all about advice to the younger generations, parents, and, and kind of, I guess, you know, people that's gone through uh, or going through similar situations now. What's so unique about your story? Well, uncommon about your story is that um, you didn't go to the States. You know, you didn't play college ball. Um, and, you know, in a time like this, where, you know, a lot of kids are going to these academies to get um, D1 scholarships and all the rest of it, that's kind of like the be all and end all. Um, that's why we have you on the show today. So, you know, I guess the real first question I have is, did you have an opportunity to play college ball? Yeah, um, I could have went to Duke, Kansas, Memphis. You know, I was the youngest player ever to play in the Hoop Summit, Nike Hoop Summit at 15. Um, against Derek Rose, Kevin Love, OJ Mayo, legends, you know. Um, on my team was Nicholas Batum, Alex Ajenka, Fletcher Coppernow, Omar Caspi, and I more than held my own at 15 and these guys were 18. So, you know, uh, Coach Ruszewski, we had dinner after the game you know at 15 they were always showed interest uh, I ended up being in Spain for a few years so teams were coming to see Ashley Hamilton um, Kyler Perry came over uh, other coaches came over not to assure the names of it they came over looking for Ashley and then obviously they see a seven foot you know probably at the time a wing kind of style player and, and uh, you know, so the offers were there but I was already making money, you know, I wasn't aware because I think because I wasn't from London and I wasn't in the scene with a lot of these guys, Deng, Pops, uh, I guess Matt, uh, the other guys kind of in the scene, there was no one like, oh, well, this kid's, you know, the next big thing. I kind of went from 15 to my family and then took straight to Spain. So I never had high school offers or prep school offers or anything like that. And then by that time, we were already making money. So at that time, you know, I was good. I was happy. My family was good. You know, you can hide. It's easy to hide those finances to order to get a scholarship, but mm -hmm. never did it, you know. It was uh, more focused on... Um, more focused on playing against, you know, some of the elite in Europe and training with men every day. You know, I'm training with Euroleague guys every day. I'm, you know, William McDonald's... Uh, JC Carrier, these were my teammates, James Augustine, legends. These were my teammates at 15, 16. So, you know, and, and and some days, you know, I would have good days against them. So I just kind of stayed there, was making money, was comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't know, you know, uh, what going to college does for you if you're an elite, elite talent. Uh, but I think today, a lot of these kids, you know, a lot of players, you know, I don't think a lot of people know, but I was, you know, probably the number one ranked 91 born in, you know, the world mm -hmm. with Nicole, with Nicole and Miritich. Um, sorry, Dujon Musley and me were one and two and then Miritich was maybe four or five. So college and high school just wasn't a thing, you know, I didn't really think of that. Um, so I think now with social media, you can be scouted, you can be found. If you really, really got it, people are going to see it. It's a it's an interesting thing that you you know, I guess that stems two questions. One, were you aware of your profile 
coming up, you know, if you, you know, you're going to the, the hoop summit, you're playing against these pros. I mean, obviously you're 15 and you're like, hey, these, these older guys, these men are good, but you, was you aware of the talent level or were they, you know, more or less your contemporaries? You know what I mean? Were they just, were you just like, hey, I'm hooping with a bunch of guys that can play ball or were you like, wow, like these guys are worldly talents? No, I, I had a guy, you know, Roberto Oriana was in my corner and he took me to those places. First day we got there to Memphis, they gave everybody a huge suitcase of, you know, uh, Nike gear and they didn't give me anything. And the reason they didn't give me anything was because of eligibility, right? That's why they didn't yeah. give it to me. But this man came and said, they, they don't respect you. They don't respect you, you know, you go in there and you fucking rip their heads off. And that's what I did. And I did that. You know, this guy was, he was a mastermind. He knew how to trigger my buttons. He knew I, you know, didn't have a father in my life. He knew... You know, I had a single mother. He was very smart, but, you know, and now I look back, I appreciate some of the things he did because if I, I would have went in there and some just happy to be here, you know, I went in there and, you know, I came for every single body and that is huge, you know. For me, that's what I look for in young talent. I don't care if the kid's 12, 14, 16. He's going against men, you know, or older guys and he's coming out. That shows to me you've got that inner dog, you know, you've got a chance. So, um, when I left there, I went to... Rice University with John Lucas, who's now the assistant coach at the Rockets, was the Spurs coach for Popovich, etc. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm guarding Big Baby, you know, straight out of you, you know, uh, LSU. I'm guarding J.R. Smith from the Nuggets. I'm guarding Gerald Green from the Celtics. Uh, I'm guarding Greg Monroe. I'm guarding, you know, these guys when they're coming through. And I'm, you know, not dominating at all, but I'm holding my own. I'm competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing well. And, and so to me, when I see Big Baby win a championship in 2008, I'm two years away from being eligible, but I'm like, I could, I could do that now. You know, I could do that, but I got to wait. And you know, I just got put in situations where I didn't. High school was a joke to me. College was a joke to me because I'm playing with men. I'm playing with guys yeah. that are going through the league. So it was never really, a, you know, without him, I wouldn't have been in them situations. I wouldn't have had the confidence. I wouldn't have had the belief, and I wouldn't be the player I am, or I'd still have the mentality of. Uh, just kill you know I'm, I'm not a huge I'm year 16 I'm not a fan of you know the the, the team events the team dinners the, all the stuff that comes with it anymore <laughs> but as soon as we play you know as soon as we play you know it takes one word one word one person to feel themselves you know think they're better than in I still have that rush and as long as I have that rush I'll keep playing uh, when I lose it it'll be that game over for me so I like it. I like it. Okay. Um, so that kind of answers, uh, you know, the next question of, you know, why choose pro over college. But, uh, you know, do you think that you would have been developed more playing college ball? You know, would it have, do you think in the long term it would have made you a better pro or, hey, just where you was is pretty fine? Because, you know, in college, you know, they're, they're trying to gear you up for the pros rather than just throwing you straight into the deep end. Um, I would have been more disciplined. Um, I would have, no question, been a top 10 pick if I went to college. I was a, I was a second round pick needing double shoulder surgery and not, and not playing. I played six games. So if I went to college against kids my own age after playing mm -hmm. with, you know, these 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 legitimate NBA stars. I think college would have been a breeze, but I don't think I, I think I needed older guys in my life to kind of you know. Um, I think I was 
I was spoiled very young with big time coaches, you know, with, with, okay. with legends in the game. So I never would have respected these people that were trying to tell me what to do when I had vets okay. and that showing me what to do, you know. And, and I, I just think I, I was shown too much too young. I was yeah. I, if I would have tried to convert it to college at 18, I think it would have been too easy. I think I would have partied a lot. I would have pissed around. I'm pretty sure I would have got in trouble because, you know, there just wouldn't have been any competition because going into 2010 draft, I the only guy that still to this day I think is can't say top 10 of all time big guy but his talent is DeMarcus Cousins this man to me was something I've never seen before you know it was okay. wow but Hassan Whiteside Daniel Orton Carl Aldridge great players great careers all of them they weren't the levels of other guys that I was playing years and years before you know so I don't know man I don't know but to be honest I don't think college was for me um, personally not because the academic side just because of the competition level I think I was more advanced at my age and I, and I, and I would have needed guidance I would have had to go to a big big school and I would have needed a kind of a, a big brother okay for sure so, so the I guess you could say the uh, the vets kind of kept you in check you know if you're the I guess the big man on campus it's easy to lose your way and get bored um, you know whereas when you're the youngster or you're the the rock, you kind of get steered in the right direction and you don't get a chance to just do whatever you want because there's always someone pulling you back kind of thing. Yeah, if you, if you take a kid from, you know, a bad part of the UK and you, and this is about social media. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know I was doing good things. You know, I just knew what somebody was telling me to do, kill this guy, go at this guy, do that. And then, you know, I never knew how good I was until the draft, if I'm completely honest with you. I knew I was good, I believed in myself, but I didn't know the, the level of, whoa. So, I think back then, maybe, but today's world, not a chance. With social media, with the way social media is and the way it is, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been for me as a player, um, uh, as a person, as a kid, you know. I needed that, I needed that vet, that vet leadership and I had it in my career. A lot of the places I'm playing, it's weird now being the vet, you know. Um, it's very weird, but, but it's it's nice to, to hand down information that I was given. Oh, I, I can hear that. All right. So, what from your understand, understanding, what's the biggest difference between playing in Europe um, versus, you know, being an international playing college ball? Like, what's the difference in, like, style of play from your understanding? Obviously, you you know named a host of names. Um, like, what have they said? You know, playing different. Like, what's actually Hamilton said to you about you know the ball? I think you know in America, it's it's alpha and like big dick mentality. You know, this is my team. This is me. You know, I'm the guy. You know, and everyone's hyping them up. And you ask their aunties and uncles, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, whether they're playing D3, D2 or D1. You go to a pickup gym and lifetime fitness and hooping, there's a guy in there telling you he's, you know, <laughs> said that. And it's something, <laughs> and, and Americans have that, you know, whether it's fake or they truly believe it, I don't know. But they have that. And I think British kids, especially London kids, I, from my experience, they don't have that. 
that's not there. You know, yeah. very insecure. They don't believe in themselves. You know, they they they're in them shells and they stick to themselves or their groups. I think when a lot of these guys go to America, it's a huge culture change for them. You know, and it would be it would have been for me if I didn't have Rob. But you've got to be able to light a fire under a kid. You know, you've got to be able to know how to get in his head and, and bring out that. Oh, I think a lot of these kids yeah. go to America and they fit in. They just want to fit in. They just want to do their bit, and you know, they were obviously they love the American culture and the style. And so, what? Not to go off the question, but the biggest thing is is America is America. It's not changing. It is the way it is. It's a country that's three hundred plus years old, but you would think it's one of the empires. You know, you would think it's been around. Yeah. For, <laughs> and I think that helps me. You know, and I think internationally it's you know every country you know why is Germany is a great country basketball Dirk Nowitzki uh, Spain the Gasol brothers France you know the, the you know Tony Parker Rory Touria uh, Diaw you know so they identify they build their culture and their culture then comes from a national team and they have that and, and I think as an international kid as a British kid when you go to Spain, you're not American and you're not Spanish, just a British kid. You know, you have to mm-hmm. find your, you have to find your, find your and, find who, and, and who you are. When you go to America, a lot of kids, you speak the same language, you love American culture, so you fit in and you just kind of get by. And, you know, first impressions is big. When you walk in the gym, if they don't remember you the first time, you know, that's it. You know, the real, real talents go to college for one year. Do you think any kid in England, any kid since Luol Deng, you know, you can say maybe Joe, you can say maybe me, but do you think any of them are one and done? I don't personally. I've never seen one, you know. The Polish kid, that's Polish-British. I've followed him a little bit. I'm not sure of his name is. Uh, so Jeremy Shoshan. You know, but, and I think that's where guys get swung. They think, I'm going to go to the States and I'm going to, you know, make a name for myself and I'm going to prove myself. But with now, today's world, if they don't know who you are already, then you really got to wow them, you know? So you can't fit in. Should we go there to fit in? Should we go there to say, this is me, you know, I'm you know, I'm a dog. This is who I am. Boom, boom, boom. So I think the difference of style of play, I've gone way off the question, my bad, man. But the whole style no, of play... Good. No, this is great stuff, man. I think the style of the game is America. It's, 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 it's... It's confidence and it's belief, you know, and it's dog, you know. If someone gets in your face, you go in their face, you know. The culture in Europe is, is different. Every country, I've played in 12 different countries, I think, in Europe, especially. But every culture is different, but they have something about them, you know. Um, and for the UK, I just think... Uh, I don't know. I, as a, you know, British guy, I don't know. I know teams in Asia that I like. You know, I'm Jamaican. I'm not British. They tell the media I'm Jamaican. They don't tell the media that I'm British because it's, we just don't. We don't have it, man. We don't have it. So I think the difference. I think the difference in style of play is America going to take it, you know, and it's quick. It's fast paced, you know. It's 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 killing that guy. I think in Europe, and I hate saying Europe, but in Europe, it's roles. It's fitting in. There's more coaching because it's knowing that hey, you know, I was on, I, I was six eight for the longest. I was six eight for the longest. I didn't grow. I was six eight for the longest. 
that's why my skill set is the way it is because I was a three, you know, they're like, we want you to be a Tayshon Prince. I was playing the three, I was bringing the ball up, I was running the wings, I was coming off pick and rolls. More than I even played in the post, I didn't play in the post. You know, because we had a 7'2 guy, we had a seven foot guy, and we had a 6'11 guy. So I, at 15, I already had a role, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, I think right the right situation, you can develop better in Europe. But I would not send a kid to the States. I would not send my child to the States unless I was wow. like, you are that guy. Like, I'm not sending my kid to the States if he's going to go to a mid-level school or be a D2 player or that. Academic-wise, yeah. But, you know, I'm talking about as far as the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of performance-wise. I can look at a kid in a, a minute, two minutes and tell you, you know, he might not be the most talented, but if he has that inner, inner then wow. there's a chance. And, and yeah, you go to the right program, it can work out, but... At the same time, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what's a good program in Europe. I've been gone so long. So, you know, uh, yeah, I would say different style with speed, aggressiveness, uh, that inner dog. And I would say in Europe, you know, it's more mental, uh, it's more role, it's more team, uh, which I think a lot of players from England, it would benefit them. But now with the passport situation, I don't know if their class is Bosman AB, you know, so, yeah, it's tough now with all this COVID, and you know now the UK is out of um, the European Union. So yeah, it is a difficult time all around. Um, I was gonna ask, do you have any regrets about not playing college ball? But it sounds you sound pretty like positive and like very self-aware of what you would have been like going to college and self-aware that. You knew, you knew what you needed. You needed, you know, the support of older guys and, you know, really seasoned coaches and all the rest of it. So, um, would you agree that, yeah. you know, you, you, you know, you, you don't feel like you've missed out? No, I, I don't think many people can say they played in 50 countries, you know, set themselves up at 30 and had a, you know, it's rare, you know, to get anything out of this game is rare. So there's no regrets, you know. The only regret I would have is maybe playing games where I didn't have serious injuries, but <laughs> you never know, you know, you can never, you can't control that. Uh, could have got off the plane, signed for Kentucky and had a career-ended injury uh, first game, you know, so mm, I think you never have regrets in this game. You just, you just if you can if you look back and know that you've made a living and you've you know, got memories, made friends along the way, understood cultures and seen the world, that's a win. You know, how much you make is dependent on what you class success, you know? So, I no, know. I wouldn't say I have any regrets. regrets. I just maybe would have... I would have maybe pulled out of the draft, had my double shoulder surgery, and then came back again the next year. And we and, and then, okay. Yeah, then maybe, maybe, maybe but at the same time, Spurs took care of me that whole season I was there I was around Tim Duncan legends and I learned so much that's with me forever and, and so you know it's, it's tough it's tough mm, I'll be tough. very 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 grateful very very blessed very grateful and I've had a, a great career and I think I can still go with my skill set a very long time if I decide to happy to hear it alright so when you was young and you know you was going to all these different um, workouts and tournaments and stuff. What were your aspirations? You know, you know these young guys now. They have 
aspirations of playing college some want to play pro they don't know what were your aspirations when you kind of got into it what did you want to achieve just to be that I wanted to be the number one pick for the 2010 draft that was always my goal that's what I was embedding to me at 15 and I always would say it you know I'd always say it, always say it, always say it, always say it. And that was my goal just to go to the NBA and uh you know uh just make make millions you know that was it I I didn't really because for a kid where I'm from you know just you just want to be comfortable you know you want to be have security that's all you really want and you know money brings that you know if you walk around England and say I play in the NBA now 10 years ago what's that you know the national basketball association you know like you know national British it has no levels you know? when I'm when, when I'm did you mean NBL <laughs> yeah like what is it you know when I'm when I'm in America in this in, when I'm in America and I'm pooping in the summer people like that that's why which is this dude was the nicest big and that's cool that's great it makes me yeah I appreciate it I appreciate it's my game but when I go lifetime and I hoop and guys are telling me this and that you hoop I'm like nah I don't hoop and I'm like nah you know and then you know afterwards they look you up and say oh shit you were drafted it's a huge thing in America it's a huge thing being drafted it's a great honor great honor it's an amazing thing but to me, it's, it's still, it's an amazing thing, but it's like, you know, that's not what life's about. You know? It's about setting yourself up because most people go to university to become lawyers, doctors, and have great careers and comfortable lives. So you choose something that's like basketball, it's a gamble, it's a risk every game you play, mm-hmm. instability, snakes, business, sharks, all this stuff. So it was that, to be the number one pick of the draft, 2010, that was always my goal. So I told everybody, um, I wanted to kill everybody along the way. Um, and just make a lot of money and, and, and that was it um, to be honest um, didn't Did want know? to be liked didn't want to be a, didn't want to be liked didn't want to be a good teammate didn't want to be friendly <laughs> just, that was it I was like coming here and that, and that was it man. I, you know I didn't really enjoy <laughs> I, you know how, whoa, 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 whoa. we're not just going to graze over that how can you just not want to be a good teammate or like good person? Like, be, be because liked. I didn't know how to be. I, I didn't know how to be. You know, I grew up in a very white area. You know, I was all people always against me. I was always it was always my fault. I was blamed for a lot of things. It was hard, man. So I was like, this is an opportunity where I can make millions. If you would have told me, if you would have sat me down at fourteen and said, "How are we going to make millions?" I wouldn't know how. You know, and now I'm seeing the light. I'm getting a glimpse of this hoop stuff. I'm getting a glimpse of all these little things. I didn't enjoy, there were so many things I did, I didn't step back and enjoy them. So many places I've been in the world, I was like, I'm here just to come here, kill this dude, and boom, go home and then next next check, next check, next team, next team. I didn't enjoy it, you know, I didn't, you know, we would, we would I remember we played AAU, I played with Kenneth Fareed for the New Jersey players, and, and, and we went to some outlet um, in Florida. Was it Florida? It was Charlotte, Charlotte, some outlet, you know, we went to Duke, we went to North Carolina and saw the arenas and I, I, I couldn't give it. I was like, what? When we play, when we when was the next game, when's the next game? And that was it. That was all my focus was, you know, I was so driven. I was so focused and um, that was it. But I think you need a bit of that, you know, you, you need a bit of that to be successful. But at the same time, now my advice is enjoy it, have fun, you know, enjoy it, you know, step back and really embrace it. But my point is I didn't know how to be a good teammate, you know, 
You know, now it's like, everyone's like, oh, what's that quote everybody's saying? It's everybody's so fake now. No one knows what's real. I was real. I was real. I was real. I was mm. just me, you know? And it wasn't cool back then. It was cool to be fake. Now it's cool to be real. No, it's cool to be real when you make your money and set. LeBron James can post that because he's a billionaire. But a lot of you guys need to be fake, you know? You know, be a kiss ass. Do what you got to do. Get your foot in the door and then, you know. That's uh, hilarious. So, I love that. Yeah. That's my favorite yeah. bit. <laughs> I, don't care. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't care who you are or what you like. No. Um, yeah. And I agree. You know, as a coach, I agree. There's got to be some sort of, um, you know, dogging you. I think there's, there's got to be a, some sort of, you know, I think as most coaches will say, you know, as soon as you cross the line, you have no friends. You know what I mean? And I think the biggest thing I had, you know, sports uh, analysts today, you know, you watch the um, Stephen A's and Skips and Shannon's and everyone, they're like, you know, this generation, everyone's friendly. Everyone's working out together. Everyone's hanging out and buddy-buddy. You know, no one fears LeBron, blah, blah, blah. But I think at the same time, once you can compete and there's, you know, you just go at someone's neck, or, you know, you're looking to kill as soon as you get on the court. I think that's the most important thing is, and enjoy the ride um, on, as you go through it. So um, That's it. No, you have to, but, but, you know, some people will get fired up different ways, right? You know, some people, for me, you know, uh, you can say whatever you want to say about me. Um, well, but you can say whatever you want to say about me. Um, you know, your family, anything. But don't think you're better than me. You know, don't think that this is a competition. Don't think that if I really, you know, and, and that motivates me, I, that fires me up. But when you talk <laughs> and I come at you, don't slap me on the and say, oh, hey, good move. Oh, you're, no, 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 keep the same energy. <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but if you ever want to, you know, stop me or whatever, Kill me with kindness. If you kill me with kindness, man, I can't. That's how you kill me. When guys are like, hey, oh, hey, right, that move? I'm like, you were just talking shit yesterday. Now you're telling me nice So, you know, enjoy it. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Find a coach or anybody and just put your trust in them, you know, and respect them and that's it, you know. Forget the socials, you know, or this and that. Just have your little nest, little group and get ready. And when your time comes, your time comes, you know. Uh, got to put your trust in somebody and that's it, you know. And people from the start, normally better to trust because they're there from the start you know they're there from before mm. anything was was happening so you know it's easy for everyone to jump on when you're doing well but no i think you know be a kid be a kid be a good kid enjoy it uh, learn listen have fun just have fun because it's a game it's really really a game um and that's it man you know and so, and, and and be a good teammate if if it permits now yes be fake be fake be a good thing man you know smile and be fake laugh at terrible jokes and, yeah, yeah yeah the coach says something and you're like what just be yeah. like gotcha play the game play the game play the game man because <laughs> you know that's yeah. it so that's, that's... I apologise for all all my young previous coaches and teammates and that you know I was on a, I was on a mission I was on a mission I wasn't trying to be liked, you know, and you know, <laughs> that was it. They, they were just a, a passenger along the journey. I hear you. Um, yeah. What do you think the best route is to becoming 
a successful basketball player. So, you know, as I said, you know, we've spoken about a lot of basketball and different levels and all the rest of it. What would you say, um, or are you able to say there's a particular one way that maximizes your potential? Um, I think in today's world, if you are reading that guy or girl, with social media, the world's going to know. Mm. So your team, you've got to start, keep them to the end, stay with them. You know, you know the youth coach giving me your life. That's why I got Jesse. I wish Jesse was in my life from other times, you know. Um, as far as an agent, make it your mother because why are you giving commission to some random guy that doesn't care about you, you know, or is recruiting the next best thing? But the, the best way to make it, you know, just be dedicated, man. You've got to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice. You really have to sacrifice things. You know, whether it's going out, partying, doing things you shouldn't be doing. Um, you know you know what's right and wrong, you know. Um, as, a, as a kid, I'm a big believer in that. And I try to do the right things. But I know a lot of kids that give up on themselves, you know, because they're not, they think, you know, they're not being seen or they're not being scouted or they're not in the right situations, you know. It's... It's a business, you know. And I think if you are that good, you know, if you are that special, that unique as a talent, you know, that you maybe believe you are, you know, people are going to find you. They're going to see you. Um, but to be honest with you, I think if you have a love for it, then that's the key. Because it can it can take you anywhere. It doesn't mean you have to be a professional basketball player. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, have a 15, 20-year career. It means you can get a degree. You know, it means you can meet, you know, the, uh, the love of your life at college it means you can you know go a stepping stone there and it takes you to a completely different path you know it's a game that brings mm. people together that can open up many many doors but you have to have something that's some, so you need to, something that drives you you know and if you have something that drives you whether it's money love for the game whatever it may be keep that and if you lose that you need to look yourself in the mirror and say is this what I want to do because to be a basketball player there's a lot that comes into nutrition taking care of the body mm. being a professional sacrifice being whatever fake or whatever you got to say, being a good teammate, these are important keys to having any success in anything. People play, get into basketball, you know, you start thinking that you're different. You think you're better than the normal average person. You're not. It's a game, and there's always somebody better than you. There's always somebody coming up next. Once you lose that, you know, once you're not a player anymore, you're going into the real world. Mm. So you know, and in the you think in the real world, you could be a bad co-worker. No, you've got to be gone, you know. So, I th to answer that is very hard. I don't think there's a better way. I think, you know, you need to trust the people around you and follow your gut. If you think it's better to play somewhere, do it. You know, don't listen to what anyone tells you unless it's your circle of people that have been there from the start. Take advice and listen to the advice, but follow your gut. If you follow your gut, I know it's cheesy and corny to say, but usually it will work out well. It really will because everybody's coming to Asia now, right? Everybody's coming away from how to get that money. I've been here for eight years. So, you know, it, it's one of those things. I followed, you know, my gut. I followed my thing, which was money at the start. I followed that. I kept that. I believed in that. I wanted to change my life. And it's taken me somewhere, you know, good, you know, and, and, it, and it's taken care of me. So it's a very odd question, to be honest with you. And I know I've rambled a lot, but 
Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one to be honest with you, man. But I think you can you can take things from it. You can you can take them to the real life. Okay, um, I, you know I'll I'll take that. Um, I don't know if there's a particular way. I know you was kind of like mentored. You know, you said to Jesse and you got these deals. But how you know if there's another um, Ryan Richards? Let's say there's a. Um, Ronaldo Ricardo coming through the ranks <laughs> and uh, he's looking to you know start his pro career um, what advice would you give to him just contact me just reach out to me you know I get guys that reach out to me now um, pros older than me younger than me you know I've helped some really good guys get some gigs recently you know um, at this stage I see myself as more as a player you know I'm not an agent I'm not a you know, I just like helping people. I just like helping people. And, and, and when you're a kid from the UK, you know, there's no culture, right? You haven't really got any kind of system or structure. So if you're an elite, elite talent, who are you going to go to? You know, who are you going to trust? You know, you need to trust someone that's been there and maybe, you know, has learned from their experiences. You know, the Lowell Dings, the Pops, uh, you know, myself, Joel, guys like that. You know, uh, I don't know how they are, but my phone's always open. You know, if you ever need advice or help or the recruiting period or people, you're not knowing who to trust or whatever, you know, um, you know, a lot of scouts, you know, uh, recruiters come to kids and they tell them the things they want to hear. They tell their mums the things they want to hear. Mm. Make a zoom. Get me on the call. I'll be like, listen, what are you getting from this kid? What are you putting into him? What are you investing in? What are you expecting out? Like, cut the, <laughs> you know, because that's what it is in the day. No, no, no scout is coming to England recruiting a kid and saying, I want to give him a, I want to help. There's, there, that doesn't happen. This isn't blindside, you know, it doesn't happen. So it, it, it's a business and, and that's all it is. And if, you know, your kid gets recruited to a school, you know, he might not be the one, number one kid they were going after. It probably wasn't the little kid they were going after. It was somebody else, right? And and, and, it, and it's really a business. It's a horrible business, a horrible game. And if anyone, especially from the UK, ever needs advice or help, just call me, reach there, it, you know, DM me, reach out to me, and let's see, let's see the options, let's see what, what you want to do. It's what you want to do. It's not what someone's telling you, or I think this is better, or I think that better. Unless they've done it themselves, or they've got experience in doing it, you know, or they've been there from the start, it's like a person in the street telling you to do something. I have no tie to you. you yeah. know, I, 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 I so I think it, it is get your team from the start and keep that team to the end. Because if you're someone's youth coach from 10s, 12s, 14s, 16s, you may not know as much as other people, right? But you've got that bond, you've got that trust, you've got that connection. And, that's and then now, interest. and that's it. But it's, you know, it's a business. You know, a lot of coaches like that get paid off to sway players to go somewhere to do you know it, it, it's it just it's it just just it's so you need to find people that have no agenda you know um, you know me helping a kid go somewhere what does that do for me you know it doesn't do anything for me it's just me giving my opinion what does that help if you ask other guys that have been to that school and I think um you know it's 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 recruitment it's, it's recruiting just as, as a normal job right it's just how mm. it is you know it's keeping secrets is selling people dreams to get what you want and 
that's it. So that's honestly the advice I'd give is if anyone's struggling out there, just reach out to me. And and that's the the whole purpose of you know this this show um, is just having information from people who've walked the walk. You know what I mean? Um, you know, season one we had a bunch of guys and girls who have played college for four years and got their degrees and they've been to places and they talk about being recruited. They talk about coaches, um, JUCO coaches hiding their letters of uh, their offer sheets. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's there's players that have talked about going to colleges and being promised um, court time or playing certain positions and it's all gone wrong. And, you know, I can sit here as someone who's never played at the elite level and tell you, but then as you said, like, hey, have you played it? Have you done that? Have you gone down that that journey? And that's why I think this platform is so important, uh, not only not only for the athletes themselves, but for, for parents. Because guess yeah. what? As a parent that, you know, hey, your son Jamal's got a scholarship to go to, you know, Iowa, and they go, oh my God, you got a scholarship, but then they don't know what's entailed. They don't know conferences. They don't know if they're going to play. If they, yeah. you know, there's there's so much to it. So that's what it is. It's you know, what's the coach's record last year? You know, what's his thing? Contact every player that he recruited the year before. Ask him what's his true colours like. What's he really like? No, kids go and they're like, oh my God, it's my visit. They're happy. They're grateful. They want this opportunity. You got, mm-hmm. you know, you got to cut. <laughs> you got to say, listen, boom. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You got this. This. What is it? How many minutes in a game? You got four, five. Sorry, four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty. Two hundred and forty minutes, right? Between five players. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if the guy's calling ten players and he's ten promises in thirty minutes, the maths don't add up. You know, <laughs> and that's just what it is. You don't, don't. You, they, they, they need you. Yeah, you should be grateful for a scholarship, but they need you to better their team. They better their team. The more loaded roster they have, the more success they have at winning, right? If they win more games, then what happens? They're going to get paid more money. And it's a use, use business. That's just what it is when you get to the elite or semi-elite or level. It's just what it is. You know, for me, I'd love to work with kids. Not kids. I wouldn't even want to be in the top division in England. You know, just local kids that are who It's pure. There's, mm. there's nothing to it. We're just having fun. So, it's a business. You've got to get what you can out of it. And, you know, scouts, recruiters, you know, they see a single mother. Oh, they lick their lips. Oh, I got this. Boom. <laughs> you know, they know. They know. You, but imagine they're yourself or me or other guys that have been in it. You couldn't sell me anything, but, you know, you know yeah. it's like, you know, when you go to those countries, you know, you go to Egypt and try to buy something. And, you know, they, they know you're not from here. The price just went up four or five times. Hey, forget you Egypt, want... Jamaica. You talking about from Jamaica? Exactly. Yo, there you go. Yo, England, you go there. come hey. here and up. Yeah, yeah. Yo, England. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they already know. So it's it, and it's the same. It's the same. It's just the same in, in this in this business. It's not. Oh yeah, they really like my son, and I I get a good. My mum. Oh, I really like him. I get a good one. No, it's because it's, it's. You know, now we can say it now. But back yeah. then, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're. My mum told me you're good. So you're good. You know, but. That's all the advice I'd give. Just, just somebody that knows. And if you don't know somebody that knows, then, you know. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> um, what are some, uh, as it's trending, uh, as a trending phrase, but what are some red flags um, to look out for as a young pro? You know, what, we t- kind of spoke about um, college just then, but 
you know, going through it, what are some of the things that you've been like, uh, if I knew that from before? What are some red flags? Uh, from coaches, from programs? From, from, it might be an agent, it might be a, a program. Yeah, you know, like, you know, the GM says, hey, you know, X, Y, Z, what are some, you can get, you don't have to go through all of it, but, you know, give us some uh, red flags that you've had to, you know, lessons that you've had to face. I think, agents, I hate agents. I hate them with a passion. I think, I can't stand them. I just think they're just, it's just, yeah, (laughs) the same. I can see the anguish on your face. It is annoying. It's annoying. It annoys me, you know. It's just like what's a red flag? Everything's a red flag with an Asian. An Asian is is. Hey, my name is Red Flag. Yeah, it's facts. I just can't stand them. I just think it's you know. (laughs) Even if they do something good for you, it's because they know you can make their money. Okay. It's not because they generally care. Oh, there's, mate, there's so many red flags. There. There's so many red flags. <laughs> uh, I can just, I, I can I, see that you're, yeah. you're flicking through the whole handbook of like shoddy deals. And, uh, oh, I remember I, 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 I signed with Luar Deng's agent because it's Luar Deng. So, yeah. boom, you know, the, the, the goat of the UK. And then, when I saw him around other NBA players, I just saw how this guy was not respected. He was not the guy. He was like, he ended up stealing a million dollars from Richard Hamilton. And he, I think he went to jail for it, you know, and, and, and that that scarred me with agents. You know, I trust this dude. And that really, I was just like, whoa. But I think with Red Flags agents, if, if he's not the top dog of an agency, I'm good, man. You know? Um, I dude, I don't even want to get into stories. I've got millions of stories. That be, this has to be like a podcast with just agents, but a red flag, I would I would probably say if they message you and ask about other players on your team, you know, it's like, oh, when you like a girl and you say, you know, bring your girls out, you know, like, hey, what's your girl's girl's name? You know, because my boy, I'd say maybe that. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard question, man. But there's many red flags. I just think, yeah, I just ask about that's the way I would say if you if you if you interested in somebody you know ask you know you see how these girls have been putting guys they fall in love with a guy and they post them on TikTok before I say yes does anyone know this man yeah I think it's the same <laughs> thing with agents just ask because everybody knows everybody in this business is a small circle so I would just say do your research but we'll, we'll do another one about agents and we we'll, yeah I, we'll go I do, I do want to do a season for um Young for agents, pros, um, oh, you know oh. what I mean? Yeah, kind of just, just um, you know, dedicate the guys coming out of college, you know, because this is all pre-college stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. getting on that journey as a you know, fifteen to eighteen-year-old. But I do want to do one for guys that you know, post um, undergrad or you know, they got their degrees and stuff. Um, yeah. I do want to do a. a, a, a um, uh, a series for them just dedicated on agents and contracts. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be know, great. I, I think that'd be good for, for, for the young guys. But anyway, um, I don't know if you want to talk about this one, but 
what type of pay uh, would you expect as a rookie? You know, it doesn't have to be like to the to the dollar amount, but you know, you know coming out as a 16 to 18 year old or 18 year old, what what would you be looking at pay wise? Uh, it's all about it's all about um, it's all about uh, resume, you know. If, if, you know, if you've got a resume, you're going to get paid. You know, if you've got an NBA stamp in your thing, you're not going to make less than X amount. If you're the number one player at the European Championships, you can ask for X amount. You know, you kind of guide it off of what other guys are making. That's a very hard question. The market's changed. You know, back in the day, guys were seventh, eighth option in ACB making 400k. You know, on not top top teams now. That's a top player. So the, the money's changed. The market's changed. It's down. It was high when I first started and then it dropped in 2008, you know, and then it came back up. And then it's a very hard question, to be honest with you, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that one. That's couldn't tough. Because if you come out of the UK and you're a talent, okay. your contract's going to be contract's going to be based off if you become a EuroLeague player, if you become a, a men's player, because you're a youth player. You're essentially getting accommodation food, schooling, and a little bit of money. So it's probably better to go to college, you know, to be mm. honest. You're not going to make, you know, Ricky Rubio was one of the, you know, uh, probably most most hyped players. Totally, yeah, Europe. Of... More than Luka Doncic. I mean, this yeah, guy was, he was. He made 60, you know, he made 60 grand and he was so, you know. Wow. Was that know, it? Um, yeah. When he was playing ACB and so, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so you look at that, you know, uh, if he would have re, if he, but if he would have broke his contract and then re signed, he would have made, <laughs> he would have got whatever he wanted, you know, but he went to the NBA and then came back. So, yeah, I can't really answer that one, mate. So, going into year 15, can you highlight the, the, the top three things that have helped you stay relevant and keep? You know a job um i'm honest okay um i've got no ego at all you know if i haven't got a job and i want to play i'll go play in surrey for nothing you know just to, to get in shape and get a job a lot of players can't do that you know and then two months later i'll be playing in the first ever be africa so if you can, you know, stuff like that. Now, of course, now I'm fortunate because I can afford to do that. Some guys can't afford to do that. So that's that. But, you know, I'll play with anywhere, anyone. Uh, I don't see myself as, you know, um, above other people. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, uh, why I'm kind of, you know, seen as a jokester and, you know, the geezer in the UK because I'm just, you know, I'm comfortable with myself but I know, like, you know, I'm cool with everybody, you know, I don't, I think that's why people come to me as well because they know I'm, I'm real. I think being real, being honest uh, and work, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, I never really posted how hard I worked because it wasn't the thing and I wasn't on social media but now, you know, this summer, I post it twice a day. There's not a moment I'm not like, hey, Record, 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 you know. <laughs> you got to keep yourself relevant, you know. Keep yourself relevant, keep relationships with old coaches, old assistants, because those old assistants are now head coaches, you know, those older, those, the, the equipment managers, some teams are now the, the general manager, because 
you know, a lot of these clubs want to keep it within the, you know. Yeah, keep it within uh, the family. Yeah, so I think keep the connections, being a good guy, being honest, you know, because a lot of these coaches, they're geezers. They're, they're, they're used to hoop. They're real people. You know, when you're young, you think you're fooling them. You think you're tricking them. You think you're getting one up on them. Once you realise, like, this guy's stressed, he's going to lose his job, you know, and you go out there and, you know, get a win for him and you in, you bring him into the team, not keep our coaches there. But I think for me, I've always been honest. I've always been honest with myself, I've always been honest with other people. Um, I work hard. And, you know, I don't have that ego. I, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not... Some guys don't want to post their highlights or their clips because they don't look a certain way. I'm like, you are what you are. Like, you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're working, you know, put your shit yeah. You know, some people you're working. So. A lot of these GMs are 28 to 35 on their phones non-stop. You know, can't be like, oh, 10 years ago, you went to a good D1 school and, you know, uh, yeah, you are so-and-so. No, no, like, you need to put yourself out there and show you still got it. And, you know, so I think I went with the times, you know. Okay. I like that and the, the whole st- stay relevant. I can't remember, there's a guy on uh, social media um, and he was talking about the evolution of um like the market he's talking about you know blockbuster going out of business Toys um and he's like you know the bottom line is like evolve or become extinct pretty much you know what i mean it's and i guess as coaches as a coach um there's a i don't know there's like a this thin line of oh, this is the way we used to do it, or this is the way it's supposed to be done. Like, this is traditional methods of coaching, developing a team. And then there's like, no, there's a new way. There's a new way of doing things. So um, I think that's a big thing. It just with the times. I agree with that, you know, and work on your skill. Work on your skill, you know. I posted a video in the summer of me, you know, hooping with some really good pros in uh, Nebraska I was surprised there were so many good players from Nebraska and you know that were there and I posted something on TikTok and you know about working your skill set and a couple people were like that's always been your skill set because you know my skill sets transition very well with the game mm-hmm. I was like no I didn't have a skill set when I left the UK I worked on my stuff every day I kept drills that, and I still work on them every day before practice you know I work on myself after practice you know um, so so you know it's it's if you know the body's breaking down you know yeah i was i was a very good athlete early you know um mm-hmm. it was an extreme leap about my first step was elite and i you know i had the skill with it so you know when this body breaks down and you lose certain things and the things you know you can't do anymore you know you've got to, you've got to expand your game you have to uh, because if you can be a freak athlete and then your knees are shot and your back's gone and then now you want to try to show a post game that's terrible right but it's like a hill if you know your athleticism is coming to an end and you start shooting the mid-range you start start shooting turnarounds you know you start um, getting easier buckets you know uh, mm. rim runs you know tippings uh, duckings because you know now you're getting six eight points so then now you know if you're an ISO guy you can or you're a shooter when your legs go so your shots you know so you've got to kind of read the game a little bit and see ah because then when you're 32 33 you still good numbers so you're still productive rather than coming and then boom yeah so I, yeah you got to kind of you got to 
you got to cheat it a little bit, you know. You got, you know, if you shoot two, three, you shoot two threes early on in the season, and you make both. Okay, then maybe chill for a couple of games. Don't shoot them because then now you've got a higher percentage. And then at the end of the year, you know, oh hey, you shot forty, shot sixty. And um, a guy told me that he told me that um, uh, they were doing that at the Benetton Treviso camp, you know, the Euro camp back in the day. A couple of guys would shoot threes and make two in the game, and the agent was like, "No more, don't shoot any more," you know, because you've shown you can shoot the three now. So then that's it. So, uh, you know, I think that's what I've done well. I mean, I've, I'm extremely talented, but I had to work on a lot of my skill sets, you know, yeah. to, to get that. I was never a good shooter. I was never a great, great shooter. I was a great rhythm shooter. I was a great creator. But to be able to shoot 50% from three at the bowl, I worked on that. You know, I worked on that. That was, you know, hard. I had to play a stretch five, and I've never played a stretch five. Short hook. And that gets it to go. Richards. Richards on the spin, lays it in. So you've played in multiple countries and in different cities and all the rest of it. How did you feel, or how did you deal with the language barrier playing in so many different countries and stuff? How did you get around? Um, I think I've been very lucky. Um, I've played in countries with, you know, teammates that speak English. So I've been lucky on that. The coach normally speaks English. But then obviously basketball, you know, it's, it's, it is an international language. You know where to be, you know, different kind of how you cover, you know, different pick and rolls where you need to be in certain situations. And because from I'd started from 15, you know, I remember my coach would only speak to me in Spanish. He refused to speak to me in, in English. He wouldn't. And he would get mad at the Spanish players speaking to me you know, in English, because I was only 15, you know, they wanted me to, you know, adapt. And I think, because Spain was such a strong, you know, a prideful country and this is Spain, this is how we do things. It was good for me because then I learned, oh, well, when you're in someone else's country, you need to respect the way they are, you need to respect their culture. So it was good for me. Um, I think I've been to other countries where they're more, oh, well, you're a foreigner, you know, they kind of cater to you. But Spain don't do that. Um, but to be honest, I got very lucky. When I played in China, I had a translator. In Japan, I have a translator. So that's, you know, easier. Um, but I think you just really have to put yourself out there. You have to, yes, you're going to play basketball. Yes, you're going for a, a job uh, or for an academy. But you need to adapt. You know, if you can adapt to a... Uh, a culture in a country it's going to be very easy to adapt to you know any situation or a club so um, yeah I, I, I would say I got lucky with a lot of teammates um, and, and people that were understanding um, but then I've also played in some countries where they're not and I was already kind of programmed from Spain um Last last few, um, best country um, you played as a pro? Best country you so played in? Best? Best country you played in as a pro? Iran. Iran, thousand percent. Nothing like the news portrays. Um, super passionate, uh, sensitive people, funny people. They've got a culture of, you know, a lot of people the Persian Empire, they go back, back. People don't even think of that. They think of the Greek Empire and you know, 
the Roman that. It's just full of culture, colour, beautiful people, amazing food, natural food, good food. When I went there when I was 23, I had no facial hair. Stayed there for three years and they came in, you know. Uh, a little bit of chest there. <laughs> uh, no, it was my favourite. Played in the north, where the people are kind of fairer. Um, played in Tehran, where there, you know, it's 23 million people in the capital. Um, people from all over Iran coming in. And then I played in the south. Uh, you could see Iraq from my bedroom window across the river, uh, where they had the war. Uh, nice. Some people are still there. So it was amazing. Uh, Abudan uh, in the south, beautiful food, the shrimp, the seafood, the spices. Um, unreal, 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 beautiful. To me, it was my favorite place to play. Simple living, money was always on time for me, took care of me. Uh, nice. Gave a little bit of special treatment as well, which I like on some teams, you know, when they look after you. And that was it, mate. That was my favourite place to play. And Austria, Austria, Vienna, another one of my favourite places okay. to play. Um, clean, great economy, low crime rates, um, very professional. Um, not as strict as Germans, a little bit more laid back, but also okay. very kind of... Do, 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 which was good for me at the age that I went there. I needed a bit of that. So, yeah. A my... little, little structure, a little bit of straightening. Yeah. They're my two. Austria and Iran are my two favourite countries, I'd say. Okay. Um, I don't know how you can answer this without saying too much. Don't want to get into your, your uh, wallet too much, but what's the uh, most lucrative market that you played in? Iran. So, maybe that's why... <laughs> UAE, um, United Arab Emirates, which was a good place to live, but I was very young and I wasn't ready for that. Okay. Uh, and China, I would say China, Iran, and uh, UAE. Um, okay, and yeah. I, hey, if you don't want to, if you don't answer, you don't have to answer, but. Give me a, a range or like a, a kind of ballpark, like what's the type of earnings you've had like in one of those places? $10 million. No. Yeah, take it, man. So I can't tell you my numbers, man. $10 million. Um, yeah, man, I'm not really I'm not really that guy, you know, but you're good. Okay. Hey, as I said, you don't have to answer. I'm just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it all it varies. A lot, a lot of guys go there at the end of their career. I went there in my prime, and that's why I was so successful. And the money just kept going up because a lot of these guys are ex NBA, 34, 33. They're like, I'm just here for two more checks, and they still get good money. But you know, uh, for me personally, I don't really go too deep into what I make. But it was, you know, those years there set me up for. The rest of my life um the years in europe were a grind they were a grind grind you know they were you know the set of the dream of oh yeah you come here and you know um i was played in the euro league with a second with uh gdansk you know and the money there you would think it would be phenomenal because it's euro league and it was good money don't get me wrong it was it was good money um but compared to some of these countries you know no because you know these asian countries now, I mean, look who's over there now. Ovi's over there, Miles is over here. You know, guys are coming in now, you know. Uh, you know, ex-NBA guys are dying to be over here because this is where the money is. You know, Asia's 
pumps money into it. Europe thinks Europe to me personally is dead. With the, with, with the, oh yeah, come play Leb Silver, come play Leb Gold, work your way up the ranks. No. You're telling me, you're telling me I just seen you buy that product for $40 and you're going to come to me the next day and sell it for 200 No way, my friend. And that's the thing. These people know your contract. They know how much you make. Now, if you go there and absolutely destroy and you're boom, 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 boom then you maybe you have a chance, right? You have a chance to go and get more money. But you have to remember, the other six imports, four imports, three imports, they've got the same mindset as you. So now everything has to fall in place. The coach has to like you. The import, the local players have to like you. Uh, the financial situation of the clubs, which in Europe is bad, have to all fall into place for you to have a great year. So I had eight years in Europe. I had one successful year and it was only four months where I averaged, I had four games in a row of 40 plus. I averaged 26 in Hungary or 23, led the Euro Challenger scoring and that was in four months. The start of that season, I was averaging eight and eight. Terrible coach, or, you know, we didn't get on personally. Don't say it was terrible, we didn't get on. The next coach we had didn't play me. And the third coach came in for four months and then boom. And then from there I got to go to Asia and then I never looked back. So yeah, wow. doesn't really, question but yeah it's, it's, it's good yeah Asia's where the money is but it's timing I wouldn't recommend players going there uh, if they uh, because I was 15 so I already had years in Europe four years then I had three years in Europe where I tried to make it work it didn't so I had eight years as a professional so it was easy for me to go to these countries where Oh, you know. I got you. I got you. But if I was 22 out of college to go there, I would expect the world and think this and think that and think this. So yeah, you got to have a goal. If your goal's money, then there's different ways to take. Um, but a lot of agents want you in Europe. You know, they want you okay. where they can control the market and they know the age, they know the, the teams and the GMs and stuff. So let's just say oh, 10 million. Say 10 million dollars. Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> like, and you know what? Because you're like so cool with it, I'm like, ten minutes. Like, did is yes, no, no, yeah, no. It wasn't. It wasn't ten minutes. Trust like, me, man. It wasn't I don't know. Minutes. I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? No, no. It's not. It's it's not. It's no. If it was, I. Oh uh, yeah. My my face <laughs> would be out here, man. I'd no. I would be huge. No, it wasn't. But it was good. Very good money. Helped me set myself up take care of people and have a good life and, and, and uh, you know, I don't regret it, but I don't recommend it to guys that are not, you know, um, prepared for Grand. culture shock and different things, you know, it's not, um, you know, yeah. Fair enough. Um, what's the biggest challenge as a pro? I know you've kind of touched on quite a few things, but what would you say the biggest thing, um, you know, biggest hurdle? as a pro? Um, Would you say it's like uncertainty of the next contract? Is it, you know, like being away from family? Is it, you know, is it, the, I know you said in Iran the pay was good, but was it, you know, some places you hear these horror stories, right? People go places and money's late. Was that ever a, a doubt or, you know? Um, for me, yeah, for me, my story is unique. So, to me, I would say 
I was embedded so young, so there wasn't really too many challenges. The uncertainty of a job, you know, I was never crazy with my money. So I would always stack it and then I would kind of use it if I was waiting a little while, but I've always managed to get jobs. I've been fortunate to always get gigs. Um, and if I didn't, I would go to Surrey and play for a little while just to get a rhythm and then I would head off. But I think for a lot of guys, it's, it's the fear of missing out. I think they think they're missing out on, you know, birthdays, family events, you know, being in that, that world of where you're in a community and, you know, you have your Thanksgiving, for example, on your side, and the Christmas and the holidays. But I would say for me, it's the role, it's the up and the ups and downs. I think you can have a bad game and be really down, you know, really, really down. And you can have a good game and you're high, you know, you're on the top of the world. You hit a game winner, you have a great game. People are talking about you, your agent's hitting you up. And I think it's, the hardest thing is a support system because if you're down you're down if you're up you know you're, you're, you're chasing that next up so I think it's injuries and performance I think injuries are really hard for me especially at this age I struggled with them to to get through you know I know what to do I do the right things and then when it happens, you think, ah, is it father time or is it I'm just older? And it's hard to really reset the clock, get back on track and get that grind back and get your rhythm back. So I think injuries, I would say, very hard. And being able to control the ups and downs because a lot of people struggle with that, you know, uh, and they give up and they, get, they start being destructive, you know, drinking whatever not eating bad doing you know not being a professional so I think when things are bad it's hard to stay high I would kind of say but I think for me personally injuries injuries uh, you know they're plays with you mentally they kind of yeah I can I can see that especially you know uh, if you've got an injury and it's coming towards the end of the contract do you know what I mean? It's, I would imagine it's like, crap, who's going to take me with one bum leg or an ankle or... Yeah. Yeah. Uncertainty. That's true. That'd be a stressful situation. And, you know, same thing with your, with your agent, right? You know, hey, I've torn something. I'm out for six to eight weeks. Season finishes in two weeks. No one wants to sign someone who's kind of busted unless you're all that and a bag of chips and a can of coke right so i mean that's it it's it's i remember when i got drafted i needed double shoulder surgery and i got i went in the late round late second round and it was unheard of you know it was like wow but i got drafted off of what i did in the combine and off of the unknown you know and what this guy could be but the the love and the attention that I got during the draft from my agent was insane you know it was the, they were like oh, yeah yeah well, this guy could go top 10 top 15 the way he's doing it then when the medical records came out on my shoulders you could see their hope and their ambition fell off and that affected me a lot you know because I'm like oh wait a minute we're you know we were just you know all happy yeah. and high and thinking about your pocket that's all you're thinking about 
And then when I got to San Antonio and they were like, yeah, you officially need surgery because your shoulders. Is... I remember he called me and said, yeah, your shoulders. <laughs> they just... There was no like, it's going to be okay, bro. We're going to get right. You're going to get right. You know, it was kind of like, I'm controlling your emotions. Like I'm, you know, telling you it's going to be okay. Like, oh, I'm going to come back stronger. Don't worry when, you know, you're just sad because you just missed out on the bag. So it's, it's hard, man. It's hard, I think. Uh, I think, yeah, injuries are, are a horrible part of the game. You can't control them. And you can be at top, top level of your game and boom, you know. So I would say that, man, yeah. The uncertainty of not knowing where you're going to go and what job you're going to get. But I think you've got to look at yourself in the mirror a little bit sometimes too, you know. When you don't play well, you don't perform, you don't produce. Yeah. You can't be thinking, oh, yeah, you know. Um my age ain't doing his job because if you are doing your job or you're playing what you know you're capable of your agent's job should be easy here's five contracts which ones you want and if you're not what's your agent doing for you is he really working for you is he really pushing for you is he really giving him a chance is he really hitting up old contacts and friends for an opportunity for you probably not he's probably just pushing your highlights and your stats and saying he did this Boom. So, That's yeah, man. Fair enough. All right, two quick ones. Um, best food. Where have you been that's had the best food? Ooh, best food. Uh, Japan now? Japan ain't got no, no dope food? It was very good. Uh, yeah, Japan's very good. They got the katsu, they got the sushi, they got the udon. Japanese food's good. But I gotta give it to Turkey, man. I think Turkish food. I think really? Turkish food. Yeah, Turkish, Turkish, yeah. Greek. Yeah, Turkish and Greek food is is, is elite, man. That's okay. the Mediterranean food, you know, Lebanese there as well. The, the, even the Iran uh, Iranian food, Persian food's good, but <laughs> It's, it is very good, but to me, I think Turkish food, I would say, is probably the best uh, where I've played. Okay, and you kind of mentioned Iran a few times, so uh, last one for this one, uh, for the segment. Tourist city, what's the best place you've been and it's been like sightseeing, you've been like, wow, amazing, or hey, I really did some good stuff over there, interesting stuff. Um, do, 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 do. Best tourist place where I'd say I'd be. Tokyo, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Tokyo's nice. very cool. I've wanted to go there. Yeah, Tokyo's very cool. Um, Hong Kong, Hong Kong was amazing. I really enjoyed Hong Kong. Um, Dubai was fun. I don't remember too much, but I had good times <laughs> there, man. <laughs> um, there's lots, man. That's a hard one. And I mean, even to tell you, man, Cornwall, when I was down in Plymouth for a while, like, I loved really? it down there, man. Fish and chips, the sea view. I'm older now, man. I'm an older guy now. I appreciate those things. But I, I, when you was gonna say best food, I was gonna say, you know, Plymouth fish and chips. No um, way. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm not gonna let you finish off. Out of all the places you've been, all the corners of the earth that you've gone to, you're gonna tell me Plymouth is up there. It hurt. It hurts me because I'm from Kent and we thrive to think we had the best fish and chips in the world, but. <laughs> oh, my good friend, Mark, his name's uh, Martin. 
he, he took me to a sort of spot and I was like, it ain't going to be the same as Kent, you know, of my spots in Kent that I know, you know, they catch it that day, they bring it in. Man, <laughs> when I ate it, you know, I was like, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, man, you know, they got fish and chips down there is different, man. It hits, it hits. But to be honest, you know, to me, Turkish food, Greek food, I'll give them to But if it's, it's this top three for sure. Top three. Cornwall fish and chips down on the harbour. You're sitting there. It's, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. That, all right. I, I don't know, man. That's tough. 50 um, countries. Plymouth's in top three. So there you go. That is crazy. That is crazy. I, I'm going to get a lot of questions or you're going to get a lot of messages like, hey, are you doing okay for Plymouth to be top three? I'm telling you, man, you need to you need to, uh, you need to, to get back home. You've been gone too long. You get get to Plymouth, <laughs> get some fish and chips. Um, right, so before we end, um, just reflecting on everything, um, I know we kind of broke it into two, sec uh, two different recordings, but um, what is your advice to 16 or 15-year-old Ryan Richards who's making a decision about going pro or going to college. Um, you know, someone out there that's watching this and is is having to make the decision of, should I go to college? Should I go pro? Um, and, and, you know, great practices to be, to get the most out of their potential. Um, I would look at my financial situation, um, firstly. Um, and I would look in the mirror and decide, am I, am I ready to be a student athlete? Um, or do I want to be a student athlete? Um, but I think I would, your, you, the question was, what advice would I give myself on the decision that I make? I would say research, background checks, you know, on, on people. Um, not just meeting a guy that's super nice to me and, and, and super positive and says the right things and think, oh yeah, I would really see what's going on and, and do my research um, on these players. Sorry, on these recruiters, on these scouts, on these programs. And I would go from there. Um, I wouldn't change the decision that I made at all. Um, I think the journey's been great. And to be in my 16th year in Japan, one of the top leagues now in Asia, I couldn't ask for anything more, but I would definitely do, you know, uh, ask for, you know, recommendations and, and research and, and, and backtrack on these people that are trying to recruit me and these schools that are trying to recruit me. I never really done that when I was younger. I just kind of went with it. For me, this is a part of research. Do you know what I mean? This is a part of uh, why I put this thing together is just about there's so many people um, and I guess we're in a, a kind of a, a microwave generation. Um, yeah, where everyone wants instant gratification and somebody's got a highlight tape and they've signed. So I want to go, do you know what I mean? Me and you are playing on the same team. You've gone to America. Well, I need to go to America because I'm just as good as we played side by side. And it's not, not everyone's built for it. Not everyone has the same skill set every program is different. Every coach wants something different. Um, and sometimes it's about like the business side of it. I hate to say it, but you know, pro 
um, college, there is the business side of it. Like you're recruited to help win a program, win games, you know, For and sure. you are the product, you know, whether it's pro or, or college, you are being invested in a, co a, a coach is saying, hey, I'm gonna put X amount of my budget in you and I'm expecting you to return blocks, rebounds, assists, whatever. Um, and once, you know, parents and players understand that, um, I think it should help guide your decision. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if someone's gonna invest in me because I can do something for them, great. Um, but what am I getting in return? And am I am I comfortable with that exchange? You know, yeah. I wanna be in, you know, I wanna be in Florida where it's nice weather and you know, great food and blah, 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 as opposed to, hey, a coach is gonna invest in me, but I'm gonna be stuck in North Dakota and it's, you know, blizzardy and all the rest of it. Or, hey, guess what? I wanna go make money now because it suits me and my family and my situation. So um, yeah. it's it's been great hearing your side of things um, and how you kind of spoken about your journey going through as a junior and being you know, one of the elite Brits and why you chose not to go to um, college and how it's worked out for you the best. So um, I really do appreciate that, my man. And thank you for taking time out. I know we're in like 13 hour time differences, but yeah. it's been good to, to, to catch up with you. Name's Ryan Richards. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Euro Stepping Show. And uh, I hope you enjoy Appreciate you watching the Euro Stepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Euro Stepping. Watching the Euro Stepping. The Euro Stepping. The Euro Stepping. You've been watching the Euro Stepping. The Euro Stepping. Euro Stepping. You've been watching the Euro Stepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.